At lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional bond. But now when I have downtime I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber. My name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, we just came out off of a uh, pretty... Uh, cold weekend here in toronto uh so what did you get up to to pass the time my my lockdown weekend uh nothing but a little pay-per-view wrestling this weekend was the royal rumble which is one of the big pay-per-views uh that uh, vince does this is like the road to wrestlemania but uh thanks for asking but there you and i both know in wrestling it is very common for uh, wrestlers to um, p- perform something like, or or become a quizling to each other. So Curtis, our word of the episode, which I, we need to figure out a name for the segment, quizling. What is quiz, it? A quiz. A quizling is a very small person who asks you a lot of questions. <laughs> And, and, you, right. and, and, and you have and, and it, it has to be small right like it's it's not like yeah. a, a the size is definitely a requirement yeah it's just a little 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 person little little, little ga- gaffer who asks you a lot of questions i i thought of the same thing where it had to do something with quiz with quizzing i i thought it was like an old english term uh for someone who conducts trivia night in like the old pub of of your like the mm-hmm. Tudor the Tudor days of uh of of uh pub night where you have a trivia so you know presiding over the event is the quizling yes the local quizling <laughs> but we are both wrong because we do we ever see that in wrestling anyone that does any quizzes i guess uh probably not since uh the poet maybe the yeah kind of i guess like uh... It's not quite the same, but uh, Funaki used to ask a lot of questions when he was SmackDown's uh, number one reporter. That's right. That's right. But no, Quizzling is a uh, a traitor uh, or traitorous sense or or a collaborator in in something evil. Uh, so also, it's it could be also be a synonym for like backstabber, uh, double dealer, traitor, turncoat, which is very very common in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. but the, the the we were looking up the origins of this word and it's it's fantastic right mm-hmm. yes um yeah it's uh it's from uh from world war ii and norway um who is it uh quizzling was a it was a guy right it was yeah. the uh it was it was a, the, the word originates from the surname of the norwegian wartime leader vidkun quizzling who headed a domestic Nazi collaboratist regime during World War II? So, um, you know, uh, obviously, yeah, because yeah, he because he because he, he met he met our buddy <laughs> he met Buddy Adolf and like urged him to occupy Norway from what I think. Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, just 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 sort of was reading the writing on the wall and said, "I ah, would be easier if I just made friends with this guy and just let him." Have my territory, which probably didn't endear him to the people of Norway, who I don't think were overly thrilled 
with uh... sure, I'd say but now he's immo- his his last name is immortalized is as his term mm-hmm. uh, and there are but... a lot of quizlings you're right there are a lot of quizlings in the WWE there there are um and, and we could probably have uh uh a segment one day talking about all the famous quizlings I I think the my the most famous one I guess well, two most famous ones that come to mind immediately would be Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was it the, the uh, super kick that shattered the friendship? That's right. And uh, was it Mister Wonderful and Hulk Hogan? Or were they this? Were they? They were the. They weren't the mega powers, right? It was like him no, that and was Randy. just savage. Yeah, yeah. There was also um, the Rock. No, sorry, uh, Stone Cold turning on the Rock in wrestlemania 17 i want to say which was the one that we went to see was that 17 or 18 that was 18 18 so it was 17 so it was 17 where basically the main event was stone cold for and oftentimes these guys are quizlings for reasons unknown so he just decided <laughs> that he was going to turn on the rock so he turned on the rock and beat him up for like the entire main event i don't think the rock got much offense in it at all it was stone cold turning on the rock and beating him up and jr just losing his mind Tell me why, God damn it! Tell me why, Stone Cold. <laughs> it was a quizzling move. It was it's probably because because then I think he allied himself with Vince McMahon. So, I mean, to me, right? You have to be a quizzling to do that. So the Royal Rumble is the start of WrestleMania season. So the winners of the Royal Rumble event on both the women and the men's side get to head to wrestlemania and challenge the champion of their choice uh, because there's so many belts now um and they all kind of headline their respective matches um usually so the format of the rumble for those that aren't sure it's 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 a really interesting format so two people enter the ring and every 90 seconds a new person enters the ring and the only way to eliminate the person is to throw them over the top rope and both feet have to land on the floor um, after that there are no rules beyond that um, and usually it's quite fun because they bring back some classic wrestlers to fill in the gaps um, so on the women's side uh, there was the black widow victoria uh, and this was a surprise, which was uh, Tori Wilson. Mm-hmm. So Tori Wilson, like she was basically like uh, a valet come to the ring. Like I, she never was an in-ring performer, right? Other than, you know, when they have a mud fight or or whatever they're doing during the Attitude Era, which wasn't really. No, well, she came over so from much. the from the WCW merger, right? Like oh, with, right. Yes. And then I think she did actually wrestle for for a bit um when she came when she came over and uh you know but back then like the as as you well remember the women's uh the the women's division was not like it is now like there wasn't a ton of uh you know like like now it, it, it's so talented and back then i think it was just sort of like an excuse you know there was some talented wrestlers in it but i think a lot of times they put someone like tori wilson in who you know was just there to sort of like you know pull people's hair and 
get yeah. around and stuff like and, that. And, and have the king start screaming about puppies. Yeah, yeah. It was really a poorly developed product yeah. at that point in time. And they've done a lot better since. So the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble was Bianca Belair, which was an easy call. I think uh, I called it at the beginning saying, oh, she's probably going to win. So she's like super young, super athletic. Um, she's got a good look to her. Um, seems like a fan favorite. So it looks like she'll be taking on Sasha Banks, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, on the men's side, um, interesting one here. Uh, Edge. You and I both remember Edge. And we were talking about Stevie D. He, he, we all talked about Edge. He mm-hmm. was number one in the Royal Rumble and he won the thing at the age of 47 48 yeah you see yeah he was born in the same year as we were and so obviously like we could still conceivably win the Royal Rumble at our age oh I don't know about that I, I I think I think I I think I tripped and like rolled onto uh, some snow the other day, and I'm like I couldn't take a bump in a ring <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I didn't even know. I mean, because I'm not really that current with the, the wrestling, so I didn't even know Edge. I remember when he retired, and he was an old man then. Okay, you know, he's, he's an older man now. You know, like uh, yeah, and... I'll, I'll I'll fill you in on on Edge's return in a second. So let me let me kind of run through the men's rumble quickly. Um, the, the return clack, the, the return of, uh, some classic wrestlers was Carlito. If you remember Carlito mm-hmm. came to the ring with an he, apple in his hand. An apple. Yep. Yeah. And wouldn't he I, spit the apple? Wouldn't he like spit like the, like chew it up. So it was all mealy and then spit it in people's face. That's right. Because yeah, he, because he, his, his thing was, I spit in the face of anyone who's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember uh, him being overly like. I remember thinking at the time I kind of liked the character, but I was kind of like, like you know, what I think of when I think of cool, walking around <laughs> with an apple. You're right. What at what point in time that was that cool? Yeah, like never. Maybe that's maybe that's the point. Maybe he just never knew what cool was. Maybe um, the other classic return, and he's made a few returns uh, because he's a backstage guy. Anyways, is uh, the hurricane. Hurricane Helms, Shane mm-hmm. Helms. Mm-hmm. He came out in the Hurricane costume, did his shtick, uh, tried to double choke slam. Uh, I forgot who it was. It was definitely some two guys much bigger than him, and they they basically beat him up and they throw him out quite with ease. But you know, he shows up for comic relief, and then that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Edge uh, Edge won it, and another surprise was Christian showed up. He kind of came in the mid-20s, uh, and there was like this reunion in the ring between the two of them, and they, mm-hmm. you know, did some of their th- uh, did some of their shtick. But yeah, Kree is looking pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. Both of mm-hmm. them were both of them were, as you were saying before about Edge, uh, retired early because of injuries. So Christian had a I think a history of concussions, so that's why he retired. Edge had like neck fusion surgery galore, uh, and he had to retire as as a result. Had some kind of crazy surgery. Went on, um, and this was would have been like 2011 when this happened, and he had 
crazy surgery. He was then went on to do some acting. Like he was in the, the show, the Viking, uh, the, the Viking show. Mm. Um, but uh, what happened one day, I think he, he was doing some stunt, I think on, on the set. And he was like, Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. And then he kind of went back to the doctor and said, Hey, what's going on? And, um, they said, yeah, you're, you're looking pretty good. And then he kind of went into the ring and tried to take a few bumps just to test the waters. And, uh, he made a comeback at last year's 20, uh, 20 Royal Rumble before the lockdown, before COVID to a huge pop. He showed up Uh huge, huge pop. Is he and, still billed as from Toronto, Canada? Um, I think so. Um, so he started feuding with Randy Orton um, at WrestleMania. They had a, a crazy last man standing match. And then they had this thing where it was supposed to be the greatest wrestling match of all time, where they were, uh, copying spots from other famous WrestleMania matches. Like that was the thing, but he had torn his tricep at that match. And then he was out for effectively the summer and fall. And this was another comeback. So he was already kind of back and then he got another injury unrelated to his neck. Um, but yeah, he's going to WrestleMania headlining. Um, and we'll find out who he's going to challenge, but you know, it was a fun time, but if you remember Curtis, we used to, when we used to watch, uh, WrestleMania, uh, Royal Rumble back in the day, we had this, uh, fun competition when we do, when we watched it with the guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. If you remember, we all drew numbers from a hat. And so whoever showed up, I don't, depending on how many people were there, one person would either get an extra ticket or we'd have our roster of numbers and that was your wrestler from your pick from your number numerical pick yeah depending on where they came in so if you had if you had five the person who came in fifth was in your stable of that's that's wrestlers. right that's yeah right. Uh, so you wanted if, you usually wanted like 23 22 something like that you know you didn't want the person right at the end but you wanted somebody kind of close to the end you know that's right and, and more importantly you needed a you needed a star right yeah, if you were getting like Crash Holly or something like that, you probably weren't going to win. So I think we were, what, we all pitched in five bucks into a, a pool. So the winner, I don't know if we ever did tiers. I think winner took all. Mm-hmm. But we gave the, not the, I wouldn't say the loser, but we gave the person with the worst stable, like yeah. uh, a, a pack of microwave bacon. The bacon prize. The bacon yeah. prize, which bacon would prize, yeah. which would commemorate the the old saying ham and eggers, right? Yeah. For for the most jobbers in the and, and I I would find that after a certain amount of years doing it, we people wanted the jobber prize rather than actually win the, the whole money. Yeah, because it wasn't that much money, right? Like Oh win... no, no. You you would win you'd win like twenty, thirty bucks yeah. max, right? Yeah. So it was kind of more fun to win. Because you'd argue over it. Like, oh, no, my roster was way worse than your roster. I had way more jobbers on my roster. It's like, oh, <laughs> dude, I had Al Snow on my roster. He's the king of jobbers. Yeah. All, for, all for that bacon, which, as we found out from our friend Steve Irwin after he won the bacon prize one time, was actually edible. It's not that bad, <laughs> that microwave well, bacon. The thing that scared me, and I, I warned anyone who uh, had not uh, had it before, I was like, 
you realize when I bought this, it's, it wasn't refrigerated, nor does it say yeah. on the box, refrigeration required. It's not required at all. <laughs> it's just so heavily salted. It's how it's how they used to eat like meals on forced marches during like the Battle of Agincourt and stuff like that, right? Like just heavily <laughs> salt the shit out of it and then just eat it at any time. At, at, at no point in time, anything living could have. But I wonder, <laughs> and all, all nutrients are also out. So basically you're just... Eating. <laughs> yeah, you're so, eating nitrates. You're eating like <laughs> nitrates, but they're delicious. Uh, but uh, interesting, you brought up the word jobber and jobs. Uh, I found this job listing. It has been going around in the news. I'm sure uh, you may have heard about it. But uh, Candy Funhouse is looking for a candyologist. Mm-hmm. The thing that I saw, I thought about when I saw this is. Um... I saw it like, oh, no, it's in Mississauga. No job is worth that. But then I saw remote. That's right. <laughs> so response. OK, so here's the job description. Are you are you passionate about confectionery and exploring unreleased and existing products? If so, this might be the perfect position for you. Um, so responsibilities, Curtis. Oh, by the way, this is a $30 an hour full-time contract permanent position yeah. so that's it's 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 not terrible confectionery taste testing taste samples objectively consider aspects of taste texture and quality full-time position will require in-person taste testing okay so part-time position will, will be shipped remotely so you have to do the part-time you know role if you want to do it from home uh brief product description and rating exemplify a passion for candy and chocolate products through and then they had like a few things like enjoy tasting and striving to being a big part of the creation process qualifications okay curtis better hit those check marks buddy high school diploma check basic writing skills yeah i think so (laughs) Me me write good good communication skills not great but good yes 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 fluent in english um yeah a conversational at least uh passionate about confectionery oh yes okay uh no food allergies nope 18 years and older yep open to canadian and u.s okay that's not that's not okay it's open to canadian or u.s citizens applicants must have an interest in candy pop culture and media will be given preference oh there you go could you imagine if like just everybody who applied had no interest in candy, pop culture, and media. So, so they, so like, like wow, we don't have our preferred candidate. And, and, and honestly, you should apply for the part-time one. Maybe you, you, you checked all the, you checked all the boxes. I do and check you, all the boxes. And you, 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 you cover the media given preference. And you, <laughs> I do have an interest in all those things. Um, <laughs> I believe you also check all those boxes. Uh, I I could, you know, maybe 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 you know, part time gig. If it's a part time gig, because how would it interfere if it's a part time gig? Because I can eat it on my own terms, right? I don't it's not like, like. It's not like it's a nine to nine to nine to ten morning shift where I have to eat it in front of a Zoom camera. It does. Like say I assume they schedule a eight hour shift. Well, that's so, the full time. I think that would be the full time one. Yeah, right? but could you imagine? I don't know, like, I'm sure you're not eating candy for the entire eight hours, but like, I mean, that's, 
it's not good for your health this job let's be let's be let's be honest well no 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 you'd probably be eating for some time but then you got to use your basic writing skills curtis and, and give and give like a brief a, br- a brief rating yep five stars tastes like oh. chocolate oh come on look at this a brief two sentence description will be required for each product tested two sentences buddy tasted good didn't taste like ass four and a half stars <laughs> i didn't go blind yeah <laughs> i i, th- I think, I, think... I know i can still have children five stars <laughs> i i think i think if it was a tacoologist i think i'd be signing up I, I, a big fan of tacos yeah i mean there and like you know i think i think like if you were interested in pop culture and the media and had basic communication skills then you should be able to rate tacos for a living but here here's my question you brought it up why is pop culture important in this job like, am I supposed to describe the taste of the chocolate against an episode that I saw of Family Ties or The Fresh Prince? You know, like, oh, oh this this cho- this chocolate felt like the time when uh, Alex and Mallory stole the car and you know went <laughs> went galvanic uh, on something here, or oh, this this tasted like when uh, Ash from Evil Dead cut off his hand. I'm getting a hint of Katy Perry with overtones of Taylor Swift. Hmm. Look at you, sommelier chocolate guy. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Maybe I should apply for it. You know, just thirty. Like, you know, candy's not going anywhere. Unlike un- unlike sports media. There's, there's always there, be chocolate. There always be chocolate, and and I'm sure they're selling quite a bit of it during the lockdown, right? Oh, absolutely boatloads most definitely most boatloads all right let's head to the news uh if that wasn't news enough so oh yeah by the way if anyone wants to go and apply for that job you can go ahead it's on indeed.ca uh, you can find that job listing for candiologist um some some headlines actually let's let's talk about the the covid lawbreakers rule breakers, geniuses, or jackasses, mostly, mostly jackasses here. Um, the first story I dug up was um, this guy in Vancouver who uh, decided it'd be a good idea to run a nightclub out of his penthouse. Mm-hmm. It is a good idea. No, under normal circumstances <laughs> so he was charged he was charged a pretty hefty fine seventeen thousand dollars in fines so a makeshift nightclub so it was pretty fully featured right like this is not just some kegger this guy decided to throw on spotify on their um speaker system and serve you know skunky paps blue mm-hmm. no there were menus tables point of sale terminals and cash tills <laughs> like did he have like axe this reminds me of the episode of the simpson when um bart opens up his own casino in the treehouse that's right and doesn't he get robert goulet to perform that's right <laughs> your agent told you to shut up <laughs> that's right. that? I, I i i'm sure 
I, I'm, I'm sure they must have had some some acts playing that. But it, it uh, when they busted the place, it had 77 people in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I just don't get why people think they can float it. But I guess, you know, you and I talked about this in a, in a past episode. You can't, you, prohibition doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all know prohibition doesn't work. It, it's it's never worked in the in the Garden of Eden. It didn't work, mm-hmm. right? That's right. The uh, the the guy it was Mo- Mohammed Movasagi is the name of the guy who mm-hmm. got charged, and uh, his uh, his lawyer has been his lawyer has been uh, speaking on his behalf is Bobby Movasagi. <laughs> it doesn't mention the story if there's a family connection there, but I'm, 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 I'm willing to bet. You're putting your detective hat a, on as a, as a as a professional confectioner. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that they are related somehow. Oh yeah. So more people behaving badly, and this was a story that broke uh, the other week, but we didn't uh, bring it into last week's episode. So this was the. Uh, CEO and his girlfriend, right? Or oh, sorry, his wife. Uh, An so aspiring this... actress from Russia. Yeah. Did you did you look her up in IMDb? Maybe yeah. maybe I'll I'll read the headline while you look her up so we can see what she's done in the past. So, great Canadian gaming CEO resigns after being charged in Yukon over flying in to get COVID nineteen vaccine. So this guy and his wife flew from Vancouver. I think to Whitehorse, and then they chartered a private plane to take them to this border town, which I I think there was like, it's like less than a a, a thousand people or less than a hundred people. Like I think the the public health is like one nurse and a receptionist in this town. So they went there, posed as uh, employees of the local hotel essential workers to get their shots um so already they're vile human beings just to jump you know to jeopardize this small town to jump the line get this shot to prove oh you know we're we're rich folks we can jump the line but uh the story itself is even worse because they're dumb rich people so they got sussed out because after they got their shots they had to rush back to get back onto the chartered plane, which was waiting for them. So what do they do? They ask someone to give them a ride to the airport right after their shots. So at that point, that sounded alarm bells. They took off on the plane and they didn't get caught until they, they got caught at the airport lounge waiting for their flight back to Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, I mean the thing that that I mean there's there's a there, there's a lot that's kind of funny about the story and and sort of galling but the the thing that that is you know the most irritating is like you know rem- remote Canada often struggles to get you know supplies you know or uh, water items <laughs> what and and this this was this was supposed to be an initiative where remote Canada and, you know, largely indigenous communities as well got 
a head start on the on the vaccination uh, program, you know, because because the logistics to get to get these kind of uh, medications up there, are, you know, they can be challenging. And it was a way to make sure that people in these communities, you know, got 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 their sort of fair shot at the at the vaccine. And these two tits decide that they're going to go and 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 basically steal a couple of a, a, a couple of uh, vaccination doses from these from these communities uh you know it's just it's 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 the height of it's 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 the height of selfishness and uh you know this this pandemic has brought out it's brought out the best and the worst in people you've seen you know incredible acts of generosity and kindness and 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 then you see stuff like this but yeah it's where... human nature writ large right yeah, it's we all kind of signed on to this social contract experiment <laughs> over the last year, and you're right; it just proves yeah, there's just there's people that are just horrible on, on this side. So, uh, one more thing I want to bring up: so he was the CEO of um, uh, the Great Canadian Gaming. So this is a uh, runs casinos, right? So he got fired, and then. Um, the company issued out a statement um, and I'm trying to dig up the statement because I had a, a huge laugh over it. Um, Great Canadians board of directors has no tolerance for actions that run counter to the company's objectives and values. You're a gambling company <laughs> where the point of your games are statistically against anyone who plays them so that you basically reap in full profits. And yeah. you know that people have illnesses that they that prevent them from saying, oh, I'm done. I'm, I've had enough. And, and you guys feed off of that, so I found yeah. I found that comment super, like that's yeah. just hilarious. A little bit, a little bit uh, funny to be high minded and uh, <laughs> exactly. In such, a, but I, I was uh, so I've, I've been looking a little bit at the um, IMDb profile of Ekaterina Baker, who's the oh okay. So she has appeared in uh, in Chick Fight, which which uh, I've noticed as being um, heavily advertised on my Amazon Prime right now. Stars uh, stars Toronto's own Malin Ackerman, uh, Alec Baldwin, and Alec Baldwin, yeah, <laughs> and your friend and I, Ke- mine Kevin Nash as Ed. Oh, get out of here! Star studded cat. So she seems to have a, a bit role in that. Uh, she's also has a has a role in a, in the movie Fat Man, which uh, came out uh, this our uh, last year, twenty twenty, in which. Uh, uh, Mel Gibson plays a rowdy, unorthodox Santa Claus. It also has a uh, Walton Goggins of uh, of of Justified fame. Um, yeah, so uh, these movies are probably all filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver, Toronto, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, oh, oh, and then she was also in. The Comeback Trail, which features Robert De Niro, Tommy Lee Jones, Morgan Freeman, and Zach Braff. A star-studded cast. Star-studded cast, but one of those movies that you find 
in the grocery store aisle for like four ninety nine, right? Oh yeah, yeah. She's uh she's quite far down the the uh the the cast list on that one. So uh yeah, and uh and now she'll be known more prominently as a vaccine jumper. Vaccine, vaccine jumper, vaccine thief, yes. So uh other things filmed in Vancouver um and this is this is a story there's no headline for it but I I had I had heard about this story uh that uh I think it's uh not in Whistler but in Jasper there's a resort in Jasper that basically booted anyone that had uh a reservation uh for this winter uh which, okay, COVID time, sure, you got booted. They got booted because uh, they were going to, I was going to say they were, because apparently it got pulled recently. They were going to film The Bachelorette up there. Really? So, yeah, yeah, they they thought, let's do it in snowy. But I think The Bachelorette pulled out because of all the um, stringent, uh covid rules that we have in canada or at least maybe the quarantine rules like i think they wanted to just get in there and start filming uh so they pulled out but could you imagine like you legitimately maybe they're running the resort properly you know whatever 25 percent capacity and masking rules and everything to keep everything safe and then your vacation gets booted because a show with a bunch of himbos or mimbos <laughs> are running around uh trying to you know win the affections of i don't know who the bachelorette is but like yeah. i'd be furious like you know especially if you're a local is you know like i'm not flying to vancouver myself but maybe mm-hmm. you lived in vancouver and you could afford a vacation there and you can drive there safely and mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. oh i couldn't get over that that was that was pretty funny <laughs> But uh, yeah, more people behaving badly. Mm-hmm. Um, so one more story is uh, the fact that Microsoft is, or rather Microsoft's Bing is ready to jump, ready to step in if Google pulls search engine from Australia, minister says. Um, so this is a... Really, well, I'll talk about the main story. So the the main story is Australia is thinking about putting in this media rule that forces that will force Google and Facebook to pay the media companies for the usage of their materials or their content. Um, so you probably have more vested interest in that in that law, Curtis, because yeah, because right now they're just like maybe you, you let you describe it. Um, it's something. Better. It's something that we'd like to. I, I know that. Uh, you know, companies like ours would probably like to see something like this in Canada, where uh, you know um, the big the big tech companies, you know, will 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 pay for for using uh, you know news that's produced by you know us or any of the other uh, you know media companies. But right now, I guess they can just. Uh, you know, they just they they like 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 Facebook doesn't pay for any of the the news that's on their site on on their site. You know, it just they just I guess they just kind of link to it or whatever. Um, 
but it's a ma- but it's a massive part of their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the real the real story here, or the reason why I brought this up, is the fact that Microsoft Bing is ready to swoop in if Google gets the boot. Um, when was the last time you used a search engine that wasn't Google? Like, when um, was the last time you th- even thought about using Microsoft Bing? I think I think Bing sometimes comes up by accident. Like uh, when I, <laughs> like you know how because like if you have a Windows Windows Ten machine, like this they always have these these like pictures when you first log in. So it'll be like Machu Picchu or something like that, and then there will be like a little blurb. And then if you want to learn more about it, you'll you click on it, and then it brings brings it up in a Bing. It opens up Bing, and then brings up a page on like Machu Picchu or whatever. So I've been duped. I've been duped into using <laughs> Bing a couple of times. I don't know if I've ever um, like like said, "Hey, you know what? Google Chrome, take a break. Take five. I'm going to use Bing for uh, for these yeah. for 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 for, uh, for my next couple of searches for ser- for searching like bad ac- bad actors or like." Like I don't even know what uh, Bing's URL is. Is it Bing.com or do I? Is it like how does one get to Bing, or do I Google search Bing and then find the front page for it? Well, I think I think Bing Bing comes up because not only does it bring up Bing, but it but it opens it in Microsoft Edge. So like it's oh. the double, it's like the double Microsoft experience. Ah. So further down the rabbit hole of learning more about search engines that isn't that aren't google is duck duck go so this one looking at it very quickly um because i guess they must monetize your searches somehow but they can't they, they, it doesn't seem to track anything that you're doing so it's like private search tracker blocking site encryption blah 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 um but yeah DuckDuckGo, they've got they've got a really uh, pleasant logo, much like ours. Um, it is it, it is much like <laughs> ours. It is rather. <laughs> we might we might have to we might have to sue them. <laughs> Hope um, DuckDuckGo has deep pockets because it is it is like... it is just Bing.com, by the way. If you want to, oh okay, want to get if, into Bing. So I don't need to Google search Bing and get to the front page of. And then it's got the, uh, and actually the the layout isn't really that bad. Um, but but it's a search engine. Shouldn't it just be like one giant text box? I mean, that's all with... it should be. But they have like <laughs> they have they, they have you know like a lot of pictures, and then they've got like on this day in history, and they've got like Parliament Hill goes up in flames, Buddy Holly dies in a plane crash. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. That, that was uh, shot. I didn't know Serpico was shot on this day. Um, um, but but yeah, I don't think I'll ever use it. Okay, one more story before I because I, I'm really excited to talk about our our usual Wandavision division segment. Oh, so good. Um, uh, Freddie Van Bleep had the game of his life last night. Hell yeah, he we got did. it. We got it. We got to talk about that. So this. So Fred went into the league undrafted. Yes. Right? Yeah, he was a good <laughs> like player in college. He played for the uh, Wichita State Shockers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember they made it. They, they, did they make it to like, 
the, the round of 16 in the NCAA men's tournament once with Van Vliet as a point guard. I remember like seeing him play in college. And yeah, but he's he's my height. You know, I'm not a tall man, you know, like average height. I think he's like maybe slightly taller. I'm five nine. He's maybe five ten. Not not a great basketball height, even for a guard, you know, mm-hmm. and not super athletic. You know, it's just like they're like, well, you know, nobody nobody really wanted to take a chance on him. And so the the Raptors, in uh, one of the one of their better moves, and you know, Masai Ujiri has has quite a few excellent moves to his uh, on his resume. They signed him uh, as a as an undrafted free agent. He split time between the Raptors nine hundred five, based in Mississauga, their minor league team, and and the and and the Raptors. And back then, he was behind like uh, Lowry and probably Delon Wright, I would say, in the pecking order. But he, you know, he by this time helped uh, Raptors nine hundred five along with Pascal Siakam win a win a g league title and then when they uh traded delon right he became sort of like the backup point guard to lowry and really sort of took off and and then he really made a a name for himself in the raptors championship run in fact uh when they were voting for the for the finals mvp after after toronto won the the title uh, Kawhi Leonard got all the votes except one, one journalist and it was an American journalist, it wasn't like a Canadian journalist, sort of like thought they were in the know or whatever, voted for Fred Van Fleet and he really sort of took off and uh, hey, it's a great story and then he he signed a, a, a massive contract with the, to stay with the Raptors in the offseason and uh, then last night he scored 54 points to set a new Raptors franchise record and overshadow a triple double by his backcourt mate Kyle Lowry. This Man, like crazy. It's 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 it no, but you're right. It's just a fantastic story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, all right, let's let's get to it. WandaVision. The episode was called "We Interrupt Our Program." But I have to I have to interrupt uh, briefly for a second. I'll I'll step away from the mic to a little a little further away to say this. Oh my god, it was such a good episode. <laughs> okay, I had to get that out of my system. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so a little different episode than the others. Um, you can tell by the title. Um, mm-hmm. It is not in TV land, but brought into the real world. We are introduced to uh, Monica Rambo. Um, who we see as Geraldine. So it more or less picks up. Geraldine gets casted out of the TV show uh, at the end of episode three. And it kind of, you know, goes back in time to say, here's the story of who this woman is. I well-constructed episode. They, they get to the chase. So she was caught in, uh, infinity war blip so she was actually blipped out of existence and this the episode begins with her reanimating back um mm. if, if that's the right term um she's in the hospital so there's lots of chaos in the hospital as people are kind of coming back in and she she was sitting bedside and you um she was with i guess her dying mom who is uh 
uh, Danvers or Captain Marvel's friend, Earth friend that we mm-hmm. see in the 90s. Um, so she's the little girl that we see in the movie as well, or the, the, the character. Um, and from that point over, she gets back to work and is asked to investigate this weird little town, missing persons in this town. And spoilers from here on point. But uh, Curtis, what did you think? You heard my you heard my uh, uh, unfiltered um, review earlier. But uh, what what did you think? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I th- I was surprised uh, that they went for a reveal, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like at the halfway point of the season, more or less. Um, sort of drew the curtain back. I I I assumed that they were going to sort of like keep Wanda and Vision going through the decades and maybe reveal a bit more at a time. But they decided to really pull the curtain back in this episode and 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 uh and show what's going on outside of uh what's the town called? Westview or uh yep yep Westview. And uh and 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 yeah so I was like I don't know, do you want to show that many cards so soon? But yeah they did it they did it really well. I think it was I think I think maybe they kind of needed to do it. Maybe they needed to at that point after three episodes, they needed to put some context in there um, to, uh, you know, to sort of like reward people for like hanging on, hanging on and what what the hell's going on, you know? So I think they gave them like a a nice chunk of context. Uh, It was nice to see um, uh, uh, some, some, uh, Characters that we've seen in the past, uh, Randall Park, um, and uh, uh, Kat Dennings' uh, uh, character Darcy, I believe is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, Darcy Lewis. Oh, Darcy sorry. Lewis. In this, in 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 this, it's Doctor Darcy. Oh, Doctor Doctor Darcy Lewis. Yes. So she's actually because wasn't her whole thing in uh, in the Thor movies like she was Jane Foster's assistant, but she was like highly unqualified. But That's right. Obviously, since then she has she now, you know, can uh, can talk. To, she well, she has a doctorate, so she yeah. And uh, so she was um, kind of she 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 was instrumental in figuring out exactly what's uh, what's what's going on. Um, there, there was a lot of MacGuffin talk, some sort of certain type of radiation and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. always just say, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Well, it, before we continue, the 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 pairing of Randall Parks, Johnny, is it J- Johnny or Jimmy? Jimmy, Jimmy Woo's character and Darcy Lewis, fantastic. Like mm-hmm. the, the two of them played off quite well off each other um, because they're both both kind of awkward characters to begin with. Yeah. So Jimmy Woo from the Ant Man, um, stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, Darcy, was she in Thor two as well? Yeah. Was she, okay, she, was okay. in, I, she was in both of them. Yeah. Um, so the story is that, uh, sword, which now we know the logo, uh, comes from. So I guess this is like the, uh, I guess space defense, if you will, of, of shield, I guess. Um, mm-hmm uh goes in to check things out uh monica is sucked into the world there seem to be people that are 
kind of uh, around the town that that uh, also have this weird amnesia to the town. Like it's the, the two the two cops kind of mm-hmm. like what are you talking about? This 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 place is doesn't exist. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Um. So, uh, I like the effects of the barrier because it has that TV effect as well. Like yeah, the right. old tube TV. Yeah. Um. So. Monica gets sucked in after her drone gets flies in and it disappears as well. So sword descends onto the town. They, they set up the lights, set up a command unit and they bring in just like in what Jurassic park, they bring in all the experts. Right. Um, So this, there's this fun conversation with Darcy in the, in the transport truck, determining who else is in the truck with her. Um, she's the astrophysicist, right? Mm-hmm. That's what she, um, so she's also the one that makes the discovery quite quickly, right? She breaks out her, her little monitor thing and discovers that there's these long band waves. And I was like, oh, when, when I said that, I kind of went, oh yeah, t- radio, uh, TV, radio, TV, radio signals. Yeah. They'd be, they won't be high frequency and they hook it up and they hook it up to some device and they find out that they see the beginnings of the first episode that we see. Yeah, don't they call to actually get like a cathode ray tube TV? Oh, yeah. She says, not the well, flat they, ones. Exactly. She makes the joke, not not a flat one. Yeah. So she starts watching the first episode and um, just like just like us, right? As the viewers for the first three episodes, we're just watching the TV show just like she was. And they start doing fun things like tying uh, scenes that we saw in the first three episodes and kind of tying it up with what's been happening on the outside so the the hands that you see watching the first episode the end of the first episode kind of folding the notebook you you find out that that's actually darcy that's mm-hmm. watching that episode and uh jimmy woo is the voice in the radio mm-hmm. that's right yeah um and the the great scene that you and i talked about we finally know who the beekeeper is right so yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you describe the beekeeper one like that was really cool and and why he turned into the beekeeper yeah so he was a guy in in like a like a hazmat suit so like a, a sword agent i guess or someone mm-hmm. gets sent in uh through a through through um a sewer so so uh i guess i can't remember they 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 found that there was uh less resistance if you if they went if he went underground that's why he went through the uh, through the tunnel and he had something with him to help because he was able to get through the he was able to get to get through the that that barrier once you get through that barrier then you you change like your 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 look sort of changes to something to fit the style of the TV show. So that's why he changed from a guy like in a more high-tech hazmat suit to a beekeeper. So when he comes up through the sewer grate, he's, he's a beekeeper uh, because that was, I guess, what what uh, Wanda thought was the analogous uh, 50s sort of uh, thing for the, for, the, mm-hmm. for the hazmat suit. So yeah, so if you're watching the first episode, you're like, what does a beekeeper have to do with anything? So that's what the beekeeper, the beekeeper is actually like, just a sword agent in a hazmat suit, but 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 made to fit the the uh, the style of the TV show, which is so smart. Like I thought that whole concept of whatever that barrier is, it, whatever passes through, has to fit the um 
cinematic style of mm-hmm. the show. Um, and I think Jimmy Wu makes that comment, right? Because they were saying uh, they found that the, the, they matched in the helicopter and we determined that it's probably one of the sword drones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but one thing that they, they didn't um, uh, explain or go down the road was why. Remember the how the the picture of it they said oh why did you colorize it and she goes i didn't so there's still that mystery of uh, why the copter was uh why that toy uh drone was still in color while Mm -hmm. wanda was doing that so um yeah and the episode proceeds as it parallels what we've been seeing the first three episodes until it reaches the climactic end where she has the babies and they go to that tense scene where uh, Geraldine or Monica mentions Ultron, and then mm-hmm. everyone on the outside world watching is is suddenly what and um, and then they get the alarm bells that uh, Monica's landed or jettisoned or basically what we saw at the end of episode three, and it's revealed that as we suspected that Wanda is ejected her. Mm-hmm. But the way she ejected her was the fact, you know, she was saying, oh, you don't belong, you're trespassing. And a few other things that Monica said, that, that Wanda said that, you know, ding, 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 we got to give uh, Heather a prize because she called it. Yeah, my this, wife figured this, it out. Yeah, yeah that, that this is like, and that was actually uh, Monica's words at the end of the episode uh, was that was just that right? She goes, it's it's Wanda. It's it's all Wanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so she's kind of like, and 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 uh, and and you also get that moment where you see Vision as a corpse. That's right. Zo- we call them zombie, zombie Vision. Vision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Got the the gem plucked out of his head and dead so eyes. Does. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like, is she, has she been hanging around with a, with a reanimated corpse this whole time, you know? Like- and these are real, and these are real people, right? Like they, they made clear during the episode there, who is starring as who. So these mm-hmm. were yeah. actual town folk that either had their memory, basically had a, a, their, a, a personality implanted right under Wanda's, yeah. um, supervision or, yeah. So, so Wanda um, is as of right now, I guess technically, as as I think you you pointed out, is is the the villain of the show. Yeah, how, how else do you <laughs> describe it in a, in a in a in a classic story arc of what we've seen so far? You know, she's the one creating everything, mm-hmm. um, and uh, for what reason we don't know yet. So there's still a lot of unanswered questions, which will take us the voyage. So, but you're, you are right. I, I thought it, I thought they wouldn't do any type of reveal till the, maybe the seventh episode out of the nine, Mm -hmm. but I think it makes total sense because if you're going to kick Geraldine slash Monica out of that world, you can't leave it, you know, you can't leave it just her explaining it to the mm-hmm. audience. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it it was well done, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because if if she actually said, "Oh, it's all Wanda," you're know, like, "Huh? What?" It, without kind of voyaging through uh, this episode, then it, it it wouldn't have made as as entertaining or even as much sense as it does now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the interesting things that are still popping in my brain are what's with the commercials still? Because mm-hmm. the commercials are still being generated by Wanda. Um, so that's an interesting thing. They must tie somehow in. Um, one thing that explained from last episode uh was it what it made more sense to me now which was if wanda kind of willed herself to have kids which also that's the weird part too um i guess during the time when she was going through labor or whatnot it made sense that i guess the world was getting more unstable because she couldn't concentrate as much so the neighbor that cuts through the the retaining wall Mm -hmm, right yeah so with her in labor and and being distracted i you know she can't control everything um as well as she did in the first two episodes maybe so that might that probably explains that or Mm -hmm. it makes sense because you know because i was thinking oh why is the world becoming so more unstable but now it makes sense another thing that's kind of cool is the title of the um show itself takes on a new meaning now you know what is going on mm-hmm. like i thought oh it's kind of neat it's got both their names in it yeah. sure but yeah. now it makes way more sense now yeah like, yeah because it's all wanda that's right it's all wanda um you and i always talk about not liking too many fanboy theories but I- i'm kind of interested hearing from you like where do they go from here um any any brief ideas i you know i don't want hopefully you haven't been reading too many spoiler things out there to ruin it for yourself but yeah yeah where do they where do they take it from here because obviously the people from the outside now know what's going inside so what now well i i really don't know i mean uh i mean i eventually she's gonna have to come come back right and uh um how they're going to sort of get through to her, I guess, remains to be seen. I'm kind of interested what is going to end up happening with Vision's character. Like, that's right. Yeah. Where, 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 where he, where he goes from here, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, I don't know if, uh, if, if like she's managed to like somehow, you know, reanimate his, you know, the, the, this sort of like husk of the Android or, and his consciousness of some kind because he yeah. he is somewhat acting on his own free will like he's not com- yeah he's not completely under control of Rwanda like he's being pretty um, visiony like he's being yeah. he's he's acting he's acting sort of like uh in 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 accordance with how he acted in the Avengers movies and stuff yeah um but Vision and and she have this great conversation at the end of, uh, I don't know if it was at was it at the end of the, the third episode as well where they talk about oh we can yeah no he they do say it, where Vision says oh we can go wherever we want and then she basically uh, rebuts and says no we can't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's something with Westview and uh keeping vision alive and he maybe he he can't leave or whatever she's doing is keeping him alive there and maybe yeah. if she shuts if she shuts the tv show down then that's it maybe i well maybe we'll that find could out. be her motivation because yeah her motivation still isn't quite clear on why she's doing this but that 
I mean, if if this is like a some sort of really complicated scheme to to keep Vision alive or to somehow bring him back to life or something like that, that would you know that would make sense as a motivation. Yep. So I I brought this up at the uh, offline, but maybe we'll we'll bring it up here as uh, one. It's not a fanboy prediction, but I'm sure there's there there's some really ridiculous fanboy predictions out there. But um, just curious at whether they're going to introduce another superhero into the end of this show. Um, one obvious choice to me would think that Cumberbatch shows up as Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to introduce galactus or silver surfer i think there was a few other really really odd ones where i'm like what (laughs) like if they showed if they showed up they would just be so distracting but i guess if dr strange shows up it's really as you kind of commented it's no different than luke skywalker showing up at the end of mandalorian i didn't see them introducing somebody like 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 that you know um I could, see, but I could see them bringing, and especially because, like, I think it's pretty well known that Wanda Maximoff is going to be a big part of the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So him showing up wouldn't be too surprising. Um, and I thought that was my that was my thought pattern as well. I don't know what they're going to do with the the if they're going to end up powering up the Monica Rambo character in this, or because. You know, in the comics, she does have, you know, she does have powers. Uh, she's she's the hero photon. Um, or if that's going to be, you know, done at a different time, or if they're, or if they will do that at all. Sometimes, you know, they'll have these uh, characters from the comics who have powers, but they don't necessarily have to have powers in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, Cindy Moon, who's in the uh, Spider-Man movies, and is Silk in the comics, who's like a, because she got bit by the same radioactive spider as Peter Parker, but I think she's just a, she's just sort of like his his friend or whatever in the yeah in the movies. You don't have uh, to, I, you don't have to power her up, but uh, I'm wondering if they would if they do in this or. Um, I, I don't think so. And that would be kind of cheesy that, oh, she got her powers as a result of Wanda booting her out of the TV show because she does survive quite a bit. Like her <laughs> Wanda booting her out, like she went through how many walls <laughs> yeah. and all, and she was not going slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, although but, who uh, knows, who knows what these, these, wall, these, these dreamscape walls may not be that's 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 true and and she was wearing 70s polyester so that's ah, yeah. pretty tough crap so Isn't she wearing like like pants with fish on them or something or uh that's right because the 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 the, the, the stork stork's really interested in them <laughs> um one more thing i want to talk about and we i i i remissed about talking about it last week um the end music in the last two episodes so the first thing i, I want to say was I wonder how many times the monkeys were streamed on all the streaming services after episode three, because mm-hmm. the episode ends with uh, 
Monica Rambeau landing on the ground and uh, the monkeys uh, daydream believer plays, which is quite fitting. And you see, you hear it in the trailer as well. Yeah. So you, you, you knew that that song would come up sometime. Right? So, yeah. Uh, but the, the last episode, it ends with Jimi Hendrix's uh, voodoo child. Mm-hmm. And you found the, the headline, which was, you know, what is this song? Yeah. Like, yeah. As if it was blowing people's minds. Yeah. It was a uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't comic book resources, but it was it was a site like that, and it was like, what was that song at the end of WandaVision episode four? It's like, well, it's a pretty well known song, <laughs> but but to you and I, but to <laughs> to a current generation, you ask someone who's you know in their late teens, early twenties, who Jimi Hendrix is, like, where would they hear it? Well, uh, you, the the gap used to be bridged by rock band and guitar hero like there was like so that's <laughs> that's like now that's like now like 10 years ago almost right but like i remember like like my friend andrew's kids they were all into acdc and stuff i'm like really where are you guys hearing that you know because it's not really on you know popular radio or pop radio or anything anymore and it's because they they knew him from guitar guitar band like 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 my godson Austin was really into tattooed love boys by the pretenders because it was in Guitar Hero too, right? <laughs> so, but that's not that that that's not a thing anymore. Like no one's really playing rock band or Guitar Hero anymore. So like you know that that sort of guitar driven uh, style of rock isn't being uh, isn't being introduced as as easily to to a younger generation. So. Yeah, you're right. Like there will there will will be people who like are are hearing Jimi Hendrix for the first time through WandaVision. Weird as that sounds. I I'll, I'll give them a pass to use that song because uh, I it didn't really fit the episode time era. I was thinking what song would have been more appropriate, um, and. Probably, maybe some prog rock, but then no one would, <laughs> would understand. Or, or rather, so maybe some Elton John. That maybe, yeah. Or, like a or goodbye some, Yellow Brick Road, or yeah, like maybe, that. yeah, something. Maybe that would have been more fitting. But uh, yeah. uh, I again, I, I would have been curious just to see how many times the monkeys, because that is a catchy tune. It's a really yeah. Like I think you're like saying, the monkeys like, or not. Like I'm, yeah, I'm not a huge monkeys guy, but uh, but that song I do I do. Uh, quite like um yeah i don't know the monkeys the monkeys because 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 of that when when i was in like grade 12 or oac like when i had like a ton of free time at lunch and i'd go home and watch matlock and 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 the monkeys would be on right like <laughs> my parents are gone my brother's at school i'm by myself microwaving hot dogs looking for something to do you know during my like massive lunches because i had like so many spares around then and so I would watch the monkeys all the time. I think they were showing them on much music. And I don't know why I watched it because like it's not funny. It's really cheesy and corny. I'm not a huge fan of their music. So I think that really kind of turned me off on them. But uh, <laughs> that song, that song, that song, uh, that song is great. Dream, Dream Believer. That's a that's a that's oh, catchy as hell. Cat catchy as hell and and very fitting yeah. for for that episode, right? Yeah. Um. So totally, totally, totally get it. Um, so this Friday, um, it's their eighties episode. We've seen bits and pieces of it, right? So we've seen, 
that it's like the Halloween episode where they don their comic book um, costumes. So we'll have to see how that how that goes because without without Geraldine slash Monica in the world, like are is Shield going to keep? I mean, Sword going to keep sending more people in there? Otherwise, it's just uh, Wanda's controlled um, characters. Yeah, is it just containment as far as Sword's concerned at this point, and you know, containment and wait and see. I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to extract these people. They're going to continue to try to extract the people who are in there. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, we're running short on time, so not too much on the video game front, except for those that own PlayStation Plus. This month's games uh, include the Ultimate Edition of Control, which, much to my dismay, which I bought two weeks ago, but I, I bought it at a huge discount anyway, so I, I, I'm okay. But Curtis, this will give you an opportunity to pick up that game yes, and give I, it a try. Yes. yes. Um, so it is. it is not just a ps4 port this is a ps5 edition of the game so um you'll you'll get the f- as much as the the new stuff in there so it'll look a lot better than what it would be on the ps4 um the other game oh it slips my mind but i i had seen it before um it looks kind of go happy lucky um free roam free world roam, roaming game i'll have to get the title for it unless you've got it handy but uh the big title will definitely be control because that um again multi-award winning in 2019 mm-hmm. um uh pretty critically acclaimed and also you were able to tie tie in video games into wandavision so geez mission accomplished I I I uh I I will say really quick that one thing I'm I'm probably going to download this weekend is the uh for the Nintendo Switch the demo for Bravely Default 2. I don't know if you played Bravely Default and and, and they they did have a sequel to it but I guess it wasn't uh, that this is I guess for whatever reason they're using the this is the numerical sequel to it. But it's mm. it's essentially it's by Square Enix and it's and it's essentially Final Fantasy like mm-hmm. right down to the Phoenix Downs and like all the all, all the trappings of the Final Fantasy, uh, very uh very job based like getting different jobs and and trying out different jobs but a totally different sort of cast of char- characters and and it seems to be in a recurring, unlike Final Fantasy where every sort of installment is its own is is encapsulated on its own this seems to be taking place in a in a recurring world um mm. and it's a bit it's a bit fun i guess funnier and less you know so there's less gravitas in this these games than in uh the final fantasy games but they're but they're they're really good they're they're great sort of turn-based uh final fantasy style games with a couple of unique um a, a, a couple of a couple of uh, unique elements to them, uh, which which are sort of um, makes them pretty fun. Uh, Bravely Default is basically a risk reward. It's named after a sort of a risk reward system where you can like either like fight really conservatively uh, and sort of like um, uh, accrue sort of uh, points 
that you can that you can use for an all-out attack, or you can just go for an all-out attack and go into negative points where you won't be able to act until your points come back. So I really like that sort of risk reward mechanic that 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 the game has. So the demo is out and the game is going to be out at the end of the month. So I am looking forward to that as a JRPG fan. And and it that that is on all platforms. It's or is it only a PlayStation? I am not sure. I I just know I'm getting it for the Switch. Um, Okay. I, the the original the original Brave Bravely Default was I believe exclusive to the 3DS. Um, Bravely Default Two is Nintendo Switch. Looks like it's a Nintendo Switch exclusive, according to according to Wikipedia. Um, not surprised, right? You know, Square Enix has its origins with Nintendo generally speaking so yeah and and obviously they have like the those games that just won't fit on nintendo's more restrictive hardware um, okay but but like i think they do enjoy the relationship and uh so yeah they'll they, they i think they they make sure that they, they sort them out they also have that game it's on pc now uh but that they had that game octopath traveler on the uh on the switch if you ever get the chance to play that it's well worth it it's like a total throwback old school jrpg um but with like some really good art some really good sort of like modern uh modern art to sort of go with the old school like 16-bit sprites it's really uh, it's really well done uh to extend it a little bit more so uh, there was some news recently that the Switch has finally outsold the DS, and that's not a small feat. No, DS has a massive install base. Yeah, so apparently it has it has already caught up, which is quite amazing for mm-hmm. uh, because the DS has been around. It's been around. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. DS, 3DS, 3DS XL, the whole. Yeah, exactly. I think I have. I think in my lifetime, I've probably purchased about five DSs. <laughs> Not even. I wish I was lying. That's that's impressive. Man. <laughs> that's that is impressive. All right. Well, that uh, wraps it up for another episode of the Existentialist Cucumber. You can catch Curtis and I uh, every week on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and. Um, I figured we'd do some credits at the end of this episode because I haven't been we haven't been doing credits at all. But the episode is produced by Curtis and I, <laughs> presented by Curtis and I, and um, our lovely logo that, w- that we were talking about earlier uh, was designed and drawn by uh, Mr. Stuart Murray. So thank you so much. Um, so catch us next week, and just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Working from home.